Today in Understanding Immigration, the census and immigration. They're going to use this number to try and have a more accurate count for, you know, which states win and lose congressional seats because of population. The census was never envisioned to provide illegal aliens, non-citizens with voting power, more federal funding. I mean, it'd be egregious if, if we allow that to happen. And it has been happening for years. And since non-citizens can't vote, this essentially means that the vote of citizens in states with high migrant populations actually count more than the votes in states with fewer migrants. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. This is Spencer Raley, FAIR's Research Director, joined as always by Preston Hennekins from our lobbying department and Matthew Tregesser from our media team. We are ready for our 12th episode of this podcast, and as always, our aim is to educate our listeners on a wide array of important and high-profile topics in the immigration world. Today, we have a very current topic to discuss, the census. Typically, we don't really think about immigration when they consider decennial census, but for this year at least, it'll play a critical part in whether Americans are receiving fair representation from our government. So Matthew, let's start with you. First of all, give us a short rundown on what the census is, and also, how is the census tied to immigration, and why is that connection important? Yeah, so thanks, Spencer. So the census is an approximate and constitutionally mandated count of how many people are living in our country, where they're located, and what their legal status is. And as you said, it's conducted every 10 years, and it's mandated in Article 1, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution. Now, all this info helps the government decide how many congressional seats a state should receive in the Electoral College. And if you remember, electoral votes are partially based on a state's population. Uh, the census also helps decide federal funding for states. Um, hundreds and billions of dollars are allocated in federal funding to states based on the state's population. And they help fund a number of programs such as SNAP, which is uh, or which are food stamps, Medicaid, and also just general infrastructure programs like roads and bridges or what have you. So in addition to possibly picking up more congressional seats, states have the potential to get more money as well. And how this ties with immigration is, well, if a state has a larger illegal alien population, they're generally going to receive more representation in electoral votes and with federal funding. Another way the census has ties to immigration is through its inclusion of the citizenship question. In recent years, uh, it's gained a lot of heated debate around it. And despite it having such a controversial kind of feel to it, it really isn't anything new. And it's been asked in really most of the censuses in our nation's history. And various questions of the citizenship question were asked several times as far back as 1820 up until 1890. And then during the long form of the census, which was between 1970 and 2000, it also included the citizenship question. Now, when President Obama took over um, in office in 2010, he actually excluded this question from the census altogether. And if to put this in a better perspective, of the last 24 censuses, 23 have asked this question, and the outlier was President Obama. Now, a similar survey to the census is called the American Community Survey. And this survey is conducted um, more on an ongoing basis and it supplements the census. It's not conducted every 10 years, but this survey also collects demographic information 
It also includes a question about legal status and citizenship. And ironically enough, this survey does not get any kind of debate or scrutiny, whereas the census does. But again, the main purpose of these surveys is to determine how many people are in our country, you know, where they're located, and also help us decide federal funding and, and the congressional representation. So how this all ties together is, you know, it, it would just be irresponsible for our country to reward states with large legal alien populations with more elected uh, federal representatives and increased federal funding. You know, the census was never envisioned to provide voting power to non-citizens and to strip away financial resources from Americans. So, you know, with that said, let me ask you, Spencer, let's dive deeper into some of these numbers and the data involving the census and, you know, how have illegal aliens impacted uh, these figures over time? Yeah, thanks, Matthew. And and that's a good point, uh, mentioning that there's really been no controversy using citizenship questions in the ACS versus the long-form census that's conducted every 10 years. And so it kind of makes the whole argument that we need to leave that, we need to leave those questions off somewhat moot. Uh, and and honestly, it it cheapens the the validity and the accuracy of the census when you don't include all of all of essentially the data that you need to make an accurate representation of the current population of the United States. Uh, for example, right now to calculate our illegal alien uh, population estimate, and not just that, also the, uh, the overall estimate of how many migrants live in the U.S. and the estimate of which direction that's going and uh, what percentage of our population will be migrant versus native born. All of those things we have to rely on the ACS data right now, the American Community Survey. And that survey, since it's just... Uh, a smaller poll, essentially, of a certain number of Americans isn't quite as accurate as the broader census. So, essentially, by removing the question, we're having to rely on less reliable data in order to get this information that we need, and it really just doesn't make sense. And in addition to that, as Matthew already touched on a little bit, the current apportionment process is actually disenfranchising voters. States like Alabama, Louisiana, Minnesota, and quite a few others actually stand to lose one or more congressional seats each thanks to the inclusion of migrants in the apportionment process. Whereas California, which has a very high migrant and especially illegal alien population, stands to get 10 or more extra seats. And since non-citizens can't vote, this essentially means that the vote of citizens in states with high migrant populations actually count more than the votes in states with fewer migrants. And just kind of looking at that, California's 34th congressional district only has 340,000 voting age citizens. And that's because more than 38% of the district is made up of migrants who cannot vote. Compare that to, say, Kentucky's 5th district, which is less than 1% uh, migrant, yet has more than 550,000 voting age citizens. And you get to see a little bit how those in California's 34th district, their vote means a lot more than the vote of someone in, say, Kentucky's 5th. In fact, I think that would come out to about 60%. Uh, those in Kentucky, their vote would only have 60% of the impact that someone in California's. And that's all complex and a lot of math there. 
But what it really comes down to is that when you can't uh, filter out those that don't have voting rights in the United States, what you end up with is almost a, uh, a an actual benefit or an incentive for states to try to flood their communities with migrants and illegal aliens because it gives them a greater say in congressional representation, a larger number of electoral votes uh, versus other states that might be responsible and try to keep illegal aliens from settling in their communities or prioritize getting jobs to American citizens before uh, other migrants. So it's really just not fair uh, across the board. So Preston, you're from our government relations team. You're keeping up with legislation and everything. Is there anything on the books right now to try to make this process a little more fair? And is it too late for it to have any kind of impact on the census this year? Yeah, so that's a great question. Obviously, the census is difficult to mess with legislatively because it's mandated through the Constitution. So there's really not a ton that you're able to change about it. Uh, That being said, uh, the president, obviously, President Trump has done two major things with the census. Um, First and foremost, kind of like we touched on earlier, uh, he did try to put in a citizenship question, uh, which the courts overturned and became a big issue. Uh, but what he's done recently, uh, in fact, within the past week, is he issued a, um, a memorandum on excluding illegal aliens from the apportionment base um, following the 2020 census. And so what this would do is that it clarifies that illegal aliens shouldn't be included for the purpose of apportionment um, for congressional districts following the 2020 census. And that also impacts, obviously, the Electoral College as well. Uh, this follows his July 2019 order. Um, which he actually directed federal agencies to share information with the Department of Commerce, who runs the census, to obtain accurate data on the number of citizens, non-citizens, and illegal aliens in the country. And they're going to use this number to try and have a more accurate count for you know which states win and lose congressional seats because of population. Uh, and because not only um, immigration, but especially legal immigration has such a skewed effect on how many seats, you know, a state gets. This is, this is really a big deal, but unfortunately uh, you hinted at this Spencer is that no one really knows if this is actually going to affect the 2020 census. Uh, It's highly likely uh, that this is going to be tied up in the courts this, you know, it could very well be struck down similar to the citizenship question earlier. Uh, and even if it goes through, you know, we're, we're most of the 2020 census has already been completed. Most people have already received, you know, that note in the mail and have already filled it out. Most people have already gotten that knock on their door from the sit from a census worker if they haven't. So it's, it's, not exactly sure what they're doing from here on out. And a lot of people are saying that this could just be a political move uh, coming up before the 2020 election to kind of appease his base. But I think it's we're, we're at least hopeful that down the road, this could be something that more administrations pursue, because this is obviously a very, very important issue. Uh, you know, I think, Spencer, the point that you brought up um, in the congressional districts between California and Kentucky is such a great example. Um, and that really shows what's at stake here. So, you know, Matthew, I kind of want to kick it back to you. If you've had any examples um, from the media and how they have been covering 
President Trump's memorandum that he sent out earlier this week, uh, if you've seen anything that's just been, you know, kind of outrageous or at least distorting the truth. Yeah, thanks, Preston. I mean, I, as we all can predict, you know, they all, all these major media outlets came out against uh, the EO. But I, I think it's important to our, for our listeners to understand is that the president has the authority to prohibit illegal aliens from being counted in the census as the Constitution doesn't really specifically define which individuals must be counted in the apportionment phase. And uh, after reading some White House documentation on this, it's it was revealed that the executive branch is given discretion to determine who qualifies as a so-called inhabitant, which in this case aren't illegal aliens as they don't have an allegiance to the country or lawful status. So it's really, I mean, they have strong legal footing to do this. Um, but as you said, you know, it's how practical is it now with the census already being uh, circulated out to citizens? You know, I know I filled out the census already, so I don't know if it's already too late or if it's more of a political maneuver uh, for an election or perhaps, you know, it's just setting the, the groundwork framework for uh, future censuses. But I think it was, it was, it was a very creative decision for the administration to pursue this option. But again, you know, a lot of these major media outlets, again, they just find any way to distort and become angry at the administration's executive orders, especially with immigration. And as we all have talked about today, the census was never envisioned to provide illegal aliens, non-citizens with voting power, um, more federal funding. I mean, it'd be egregious if, if we allow that to happen. And it has been happening for years um, because they've been counted in, in the census illegal aliens. So um, I'm glad that the president and his administration have finally recognized that this is an issue and you know, are taking some action against it. But again, you know, I really don't understand the the outcry uh, with this order. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, you can probably tra- track it back to a couple of things. First of all, most of these organizations don't want there to be a easy avenue to determine how many illegal aliens are actually in the country because as fair has demonstrated a number of times with our estimates that population is certainly still increasing no matter what some of the more open borders minded organizations might say in fact if you dig into their methodology you can see how they're jumping through hoops and uh, conducting other statistical gymnastics in order to try to say that the population is either stagnant or decreasing And they say that because they know that American citizens and voters don't want to see a mass of new illegal aliens and really of migrants in general flooding the country. You know, numerous polls right now show the vast majority of Americans either wanting the number of migrants we admit into the country to stay the same or to be reduced. And so for those that it's in their business interests or, you know, their their personal political beliefs that they want to see more migrants to the United States. It makes sense that they would fight the administration at every turn to keep an immigration question from being added back to the census. And, of course, with their likely political leanings, they're going to want more migrants going to states. They're, they're going to get more electoral votes and all the electoral votes going to their preferred candidate. So while it doesn't make sense from a technical or or legal standpoint, if you really kind of peel back the layers and look at what their true aim is here, 
it kind of reveals their uh, their true intentions and why they're trying so hard to block the president on doing this. And yeah, it would be great. It, it would have been ideal to see this movement really start a couple of years ago, so that you know, should it hold up in uh, in court and make it through all the uh, activist judges that are surely going to put in place injunctions on it you would have been able to see this have a greater impact on the census. But again, as you mentioned, since the census is already largely done, it's unclear how much of an impact it will really make now. And you would hope that it would simply be laying the groundwork for all of these these, uh, things to be implemented in the 2030 census. Right. And and Spencer, that's such a good point because this is something that really should have been taken care of in the first 100 days of the Trump administration back in 2017. And, you know, it's, it's confusing and it's puzzling why they pursued the citizenship question, which there's already a good sense from, from estimates, what that number is, why they would pursue that initially instead of a measure like this, which actually has both practical and political consequences. And so it's, it's, I think it just points to, you know, maybe an administration that was large and still is uh, in disarray that has, you know, a lot of staffing issues. Um, and, and so it is, it's, it's, it's not only disappointing, but frankly shocking that they didn't pursue this within, like I said earlier, the first hundred days of the administration. All right. Great stuff as always, y'all. I think that's about all the time we have for today. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to today's episode and perhaps learned something new about the census. Please join us next time. As a reminder, we'll be releasing a new episode every other Monday. Just a reminder that episodes are available on most platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also visit our website, fairus.org, and our Twitter page, at Fair Immigration, to access episodes. We hope each and every one of you are continuing to stay safe and sound, and until next time, this has been Understanding Immigration, presented by FAIR.